Happy November. Mikey Day, the new Biden. Bargazzi brought it. There's the haiku for this evening. I thought we had a great episode last Saturday. Very excited to talk about it with one of my favorite podcasters at the SNN. My name is Mike Murray. His name is Andrew Haynes. Andrew, how are you tonight? Thrilled to be back here with the master of stats. I agree that we did um, have an awesome episode on Saturday. I think there's a lot to talk about. Definitely look forward to getting into the numbers. Um, I know that your Bruins are off to a, a better start than my Hurricanes right now, but we'll see what it looks like in a few months. Yeah, man. Bruins, Hurricanes, sneaky rivalry back to, mm-hmm. you know, from the Hartford Whalers days when they were back mm-hmm. up in New England. And, uh, you know, we had your number for a while until a couple of years ago. So get a good team. Rod Brindamore is changing that. Yeah, Rod Brindamore, uh, famously, he cheats on faceoffs when he was in the league. So <laughs> he wins faceoffs <laughs> is what you mean to say. It's true. He was very good at faceoffs. Um, Anyway, so yeah, uh, how are you feeling? It's my first time talking to you this year. Um, you're one of my earliest supporters back in my Reddit days um, for stats. And, uh, you know, just excited to talk to you every, every season. You're one of my earliest guests. How are you feeling about S49? I mean, I'm feeling pretty good. I think um, we've been doing all right so far, um, especially, you know, considering the, um, the SAG after strike. And, and obviously, we got started little bit late because of the writer's strike but um you know we we got into the season almost on time um and i think we've had some i think we've had some good episodes and some good sketches so far so uh listen we've only we got one new edition this year and i think i already see a lot of potential um in miss chloe trost um so yeah i think we got some good stuff on the horizon uh chloe trost remind you of anybody yet not really, but I'm ex- yeah, I'm expecting you're about to you're, that you're about to tell me. No, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to that conversation. But uh, just you know, it's so it's so early. But mm-hmm. uh, favorite episode so far: Pete Davidson, Bad Bunny, and now Nate. What do you think? I think it was Nate. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally week. agree. Might be my favorite episode, like since we've been podcasting. I know I really really liked it a lot. Wow, I mean, it was an it was a great episode. Um, I thought so many sketches just hit really well. I thought his monologue crushed, which, you know, you would hope and expect that that's the case with a stand-up. It's part of the reason that I love stand-ups um, as hosts, but they don't always, you know, work so well in sketches. I think um, they they wrote him into some sketches that really worked for him and his tenor and tone and the way that he likes to deliver things with that kind of, even though he's, you know, it's it's a little bit one note, this you know, his, his gig is kind of being, um, the guy who is just, I, I'm just a little surprised about that. I didn't know that. I'm, I didn't, I actually didn't know that. Was I the only one that didn't know that? You know, that's like kind of like his thing. And, um, and it's, and it's, it's, it's funny and it works. And, uh, and all the sketches that they wrote for him, uh, I think just were perfect, um, for that character type. So great, um, great job by the writers. Um, I mean, the Washington's dream, 
or whatever the sketch was called was hilarious. Oh, weights and measures sketch. I I love that one. I thought that Nate Bargatze, I mean, that was a sketch that was so well-written. You could have had like any white dude play Washington Mm -hmm. and I would have liked the sketch, but his delivery was so good. The, um, especially with football with, you know, how many points is a kick? Sometimes one, sometimes three, like his Mm -hmm. delivery was just perfect for that role. You know, no one knows what Washington sounded like, but if he sounded like Nate Bargatze and that sketch, I think um, <laughs> I would have laughed in the moment. This this is what this is what I'm talking about. So, yeah, he did a great job with the delivery, but really, you know, hats off to the writers because this is this is kind of a common theme in uh, Nate Bargatze sets is um, is he's always a little bit confused by something. You know, there's there's a he does a bit where um, you know he takes some milk out of the fridge and thinks it's bad. Um, and his wife says, oh, no, that's that's fine. I just poured the new milk into the old jug. And he's just so confused by that, of course. And he's like, oh, what? I'm such an idiot. Why didn't I know that? You know, <laughs> and there's, uh, you know, and he, and he does a bit about um, seeing a horse, um, seeing a dead horse in someone's yard and thinking that they're going to have to move this horse. And then it just gets up. And he's like, I, I did not think about how horses sleep. I guess that horse was just asleep. So it's like, so they did a great job just like writing these sketches, you know, for that type of character, a guy who just doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, we're talking last week on the podcast about like, he's going to be a very reactionary host with his kind of dry demeanor. Um, and I, yeah, the writing was perfect for him. It was a strong writing episode all around, but especially for the, for the specific host. And are, are you a fan of his? I am. Yeah, I've seen um, all of all of his specials and I've listened to his albums, um, you know, on uh, on Spotify or whatever. Um, yeah, big, big Nate Bargatze fan um, for several years. He's I feel like he's really kind of blown up um, in like the last year and a half or so. You know, he's selling out arenas and stuff, um, which is, you know, crazy for comedians. I mean, that's Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr kind of money. Um, so, you know, he's 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 definitely having a moment right now. Yeah, did you get the uh, Nate Bargatze tour ad after the monologue when you were watching? No, is he, uh, is he coming down down to you? I, I didn't. Um, I didn't see that. I would assume that if he's doing a tour, he'll have shows in North Carolina since he's from Tennessee. Um, I'm guessing this is his region, and 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 this area gets plenty of shows. Um, but speaking of comedy, I did see Dave Chappelle last week, um, and that was pretty fun. Um, my girlfriend got me tickets as an early birthday present. Um, but here's the thing, you know, I told her I I didn't even want to go to this show because, you know, Dave, he's, he's doing, you know, arenas. I've seen Dave in multiple, much smaller spaces. I thought we're not going to be able to hear anything. And if he's doing a tour in arenas, it's all going to come out on a Netflix special. We'll see all these jokes for free in six months. And, you know, tickets are so expensive. I said, don't worry about it. She got me the tickets anyway as a surprise birthday present. I mean, trust me, I had a great time. Um, Still an awesome present. But here's the thing. My girlfriend and I have the same birthday, November 13th. And last year, we butted heads a little bit on trying to share a birthday. And I think that this was just her way of displacing me from my own birthday. So that she could say like, oh, we celebrated your birthday in October. Today's my day. Yeah, uh, my wife and I were born two weeks apart exactly. So we usually celebrate like right in the middle. That's funny. Oh, gotcha. You guys have the so same, you purposely same put them together. Yeah, we we need to space <laughs> ours. Yeah, we're trying to figure it out. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, you're you're a big stand up guy. I know we we both saw Mark Normand, um, 
last year, I think, right? Yep, yep, yep. Saw him Martin Norman last year. Um, that was awesome. And I, I think I saw Sam Morrell around a similar time. Um, I always think of those two kind of in tandem. Um, if you ever um, yeah, we might be drunk. The, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, great podcast. Yeah, I there. saw um, Sam Morrell at Just for Laughs. I went to visit our friend John Schneider nice. up in Montreal, and I went to see Sam and Mark open for him. Awesome. Which was a nice yeah. surprise guest. So yeah. yeah, let's and we're gonna pivot here to the screen time. So I want to ask you, um, if you don't know, Andrew Haynes on Twitter or X is uh SNL has a cast is his username. And so I think back in forty six or forty seven I actually had you on and we talked about stand up hosts. So are you a fan of stand up hosts? Yeah, absolutely a fan of stand up hosts. Um I, I've always said they're probably my my favorite types of hosts um, just because, you know, you know, they have great comic timing and you're going to get a very solid monologue, which, um, you know, not only do I just love stand up, so I'm cool with getting, you know, a solid eight minutes of jokes to start the show. But also um, when you have that, when you have a really successful monologue, I feel like it sets a good tone. Um, everybody's like in a good mood. They're confident. I feel like it's good for the audience and the cast um, when you start with a really great monologue and stand-ups always bring that to the table. So um, yeah, big fan, big fan of stand-ups for sure. Yeah. So I, I put some stats together for the Instagram of the stand-up monologue lengths because Nate had a long monologue. So fourth longest monologue of the past hundred episodes period. So that includes all stand-ups. He was behind the two recent Chappelle appearances and like three or four seconds behind one of the Mulaney's. So I, did it feel long to you or, or were you happy the whole time? Did it feel like it was taking a while or did it, did it keep your attention? It felt long in the good way. I was surprised. And if you had, if you had asked me to guess who the three ahead of him were, I, I would have known that it was two Chappelle's and I would have guessed that there was a Mulaney in there because he gets, he's gotten so much time for, um, for his, for his monologues. Um, it felt long in the good way. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I figured that they would give him a slightly extended monologue. Um, what was the total time? Um, I, I will definitely get that for you. If you uh, okay. take, take it away and give the listeners the season 49 episode three screen time. Well, let me do that now. So starting at the very top, we'll give our um, folks who are listening a rundown of the times here. Of course, unsurprisingly, at the top of the list, we have our host, uh, Nate Bargatze, in seven sketches for a total of 21 minutes and 26 seconds. Um, huge chunk of time. Then we've got um, right behind them in the sketch numbers, Mr. Mikey Day, who had a great week, uh, but a huge drop down there, um, as you might expect a little bit, um, in the total time at eight minutes and 48 seconds. Um now here's a here's a rarity uh, getting a you know musical guest or member of the musical guest um, to have four appearances. Of course, we're, you know two of those are um, are performing music, but uh, Dave Grohl with four appearances, two of those um, sketch appearances coming in at eight minutes and thirty seconds. So now we've got the host and the musical guest filling out two of the top three. That's pretty unique. Um, and then Miss uh, Sarah Sherman. Of course, uh, two sketches, eight minutes and 23 seconds. So just really tight pack, um, you know, uh, Mikey Day, Dave Grohl, Sarah Sherman. Um, Foo Fighters played two songs, eight minutes and six seconds. So just a tight group right there in that eight minute range. Uh, Colin Jost, 
Of course, one uh, singular appearance, six minutes and 42 seconds on Weekend Update there. Uh, Keenan Thompson, this is a little bit surprising that he's all the way down at four minutes and 27 seconds. He just, you know, eats up time uh, so frequently. Um, that surprises me a little bit. James Austin Johnson, four sketches, but four minutes and two seconds. Uh, and then we have Chloe Feynman, two sketches, three minutes and 55 seconds. A, an appearance by her, um, who was the musical guest for the very first uh, podcast that I ever did um, on the SNN. Yeah, with, with uh, Adele, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. her. And in exactly. uh, uh, my theme song for By the Numbers, I feature that clip at the beginning of uh, Ladies and Gentlemen. That's Adele right there. Yeah, there you go. Um, so her, great to see great to see her again. I mean, not that I don't see plenty of her on the whatever commercials come on. Is that Allstate or what, what are they plugging? This is the way commercials work to me. I don't even know what they're selling. I just know that she sings about, it's got to be some sort of insurance, right? Um, probably they, they have the budget. <laughs> okay. They have the budget for her. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I'm, I'm hearing uh Beck Bennett in the Buffalo wild wings too, during NFL broadcasts. Definitely. And, and that, that was fun. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty good in those parts. Um, I did think, I do think he's pretty funny in those. So recognizable. So recognizable. Um, it reminds me of Chris Parnell whenever he does voiceover work for commercial. It's like so obvious that it's him, you know? Um, yeah. Victor in the chat said nationwide. Nationwide. I knew it was insurance. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Nationwide, that your commercials don't make that much of an impression on me. Uh, but but certainly remember the songs that she plays. Um, next up, we've got Andrew Dismukes, who, you know, with limited time, uh, this episode, two sketches, three minutes and 14 seconds. Um, I do think he's had some shining moments so far this season. Um, definitely uh, liked his, you know, little Bart in um, The Age of Discovery. Uh, last week with uh, with Bad Bunny, it was a very small part. Yeah, four seconds for the whole show, but he yeah, stole but those four seconds. He really did. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up, Bowen Yang. So we're at three minutes and twelve seconds for Bowen Yang and his two sketches. Heidi Gardner, one sketch more, but uh, a few seconds behind, two minutes and fifty-five seconds. Uh, Michael Che, two minutes and fifty-one seconds. So not getting anywhere near the amount of time that. Um, Colin was getting over there. Then we have Punky, um, two minutes and 49 seconds, who I hope that, um, you know, we really get to see a lot more of her this season because she really did shine um, in the Tuna Una sketch and uh, just definitely would would like, would love to see her, uh, a little bit more of her. Um, Christopher Walken, who saw that coming? I mean, I admit I did see a cameo coming when I think the line before it was, Something along the lines of, he, he says something like, you know, someone, I wonder what someone would tell me about this. I, I forget exactly what the line was before it, but they've been so heavy on the cameos. I, I, you know, you kind of knew in that moment, like, okay, who's it going to be? It's not going to be a cast member. It's going to be a, it's going to be a cameo. Um, Christopher Walken, friend of the show. Awesome. When you saw Walken come in, did your mind immediately go to, oh, the Foo Fighters are here tonight? No, not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, just. Well, I mean, I'm sure our listeners know, but like his legendary introduction of ladies and gentlemen, Foo Fighters, and right, how Dave, right, right. Dave Grohl told him to emphasize fight and not foo, right. and that just like has become a legendary SNL-ism over the years, and now all the way now in 2023, Christopher Walken in his 80s getting to introduce them, so his appearance in the cold open and then introducing their first performance. 
so awesome. And um, honestly, you know, Dave Grohl probably wouldn't even needed to have said that to him right. for him to for him to pronounce it the same way. Foo Fighters, you know, something like that. Good um, impression, Haynes. Oh, okay, thanks. Um, Devin Walker, good seeing him. Four sketches, um, briefly, two minutes and 29 seconds. Ego Wodum, uh, two sketches, two minutes, 21 seconds. Chloe Trost, our new friend, one minute, 26 seconds. Michael, Michael Longfellow, um, one minute and 18 seconds. Um, pretty funny um, in his, his little appearance. Padma Lakshmi, I did not see that coming. Um, that was a pretty unexpected cameo. And to be fair, not my favorite type of cameo. Um, not to say that, you know, I'm sure she is funny as, as I'm sure she's as funny as any charming person at a party when you're making conversation. But, um, but you know, I'm not a sucker for just straight up celebrity cameos. You know, they to me, they've really got to be funny people. Um, and I'm a, you know, I love it when they bring back former cast members. Um, so not not hating on Padma, uh, but it was it was definitely unexpected. So yeah, for, first uh, cameo this season that wasn't a former host. So we're talking about that last week, how there's been seven cameos of all former hosts: Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, Lady Gaga, Pedro Pascal, mm-hmm. Fred Armisen, and then we had Walk In come in at the in the cold open. I'm like, all right, well that makes eight. So then we had another cameo, someone who hasn't hosted before. That's a pretty strong run to start out with yeah. eight former host cameos. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, so I'm so I'm cool with that. Uh, John Higgins, uh, well, all the PDD boys, uh, Higgins, Hurley, and Marshall, one sketch apiece. Um, John at a minute and four seconds. Uh, Martin Hurley, 38 seconds. Ben Marshall right behind him, 36 seconds. Uh, getting down to some pretty meager tidbits here. Uh, Molly at... You know, one sketch, six seconds. Marcelo, one sketch, four seconds. And then, um, of course, Steve Higgins, you know, when we when we hear his voice every once in a while, uh, three seconds here um, for him at the very bottom. So. So there you have it. Screen time for the third episode. Uh, end of this first run of season 49. And to answer your question, Haynes. So if you haven't checked out the Instagram page for the stand up monologues, Dave Chappelle, season 46. That was our first season podcasting. Uh, back in the SNL stats days, it was 16 minutes, 19 seconds, which is a SNL record long monologue, followed by Chappelle in 48, which was 15 minutes, one second, John Mulaney in 46. And that was, you know, when he was having some trouble with, you know, substance abuse. That was his longest monologue. So I don't know if that um, made the monologue shorter or longer, but that was nine minutes, 22. And then Nate Bargatze with nine minutes, 19 seconds. So this was a long stand-up monologue, as you mentioned. Um, behind him was another Mulaney from 45 at 8 minutes, 5 seconds, followed by Chris Rock, Mulaney in 44, Bill Burr in 46, Mulaney in 47. And then we get down to some lower numbers. We had Pete earlier this year, uh, Gerard Carmichael in 47, and Amy Schumer last year. So those are the stand-ups we've had um, since season 44. What I love is this, you know, for folks probably are noticing that, you know, all these records are from the last few years. Um, so I love this trend of just really, you know, letting standups do their thing during that monologue. You know, the, none of these records are from the nineties or the eighties. Um, you know, they're, they're from right now. So I think it's a really cool trend. I hope it continues. Um, hope we keep booking standups. I'm sure, you know, whenever they're getting eyeballs, we will. Um, but, uh, love that trend for sure. 
Yeah, and so um, I'll ask you in a, in a minute, Haynes, about any commentary you have. But um, one noticeable one is I made a bold prediction last week on this podcast that I'm like, this is going to be a big week for Sarah Sherman. I figured she'd have... I knew Nate was coming in. We talked about how he'd be a good host to react to something. And so I would say like that would play well for a Bowen or a Heidi. And I was like, I think it's going to be a Sarah week. And so she went from... She hadn't appeared before update in either of the first two shows and then came back in a big way. So Sarah Sherman second in the cast again with 823, that being just leading the sketch, uh, Fran Drescher trick or treating sketch. And then the only update piece we got of the night. So Sarah came back in a big way. And then on the other end, Marcelo Hernandez, who dominated mm-hmm. the bad bunny episode goes down to four seconds. So SNL giveth SNL taketh away. What do you think about uh, those pendulum swings? Is that, you know, does that mean? I, I this is a question I probably have uh, proposed most often on this podcast. Is is it better to be, you know, uh, boom or bust on the show, or better to be a you know a Keenan or a Mikey and always be basically four minutes? Sometimes in this case, like Mikey had thirteen minutes last week, and now almost nine this week. You know. I don't think it's necessarily better or worse to you know boom and bu- boom or bust versus versus something a little bit um, more stable. You know, it, it, I think we get attached to people because of big moments, and big moments can occur in either either type of scenario. You know, so. You know, you have a you have a Bowen iceberg Titanic moment. It doesn't really matter whether he's you know dominating that episode or if he's only in it for a minute. Um, I, you know, like you said, you know, um, SNL giveth and, S- and SNL taketh away. I think, yeah. Now I don't know how it is for the performers. Um, I, I do think you know when I started to give this take, my first thought was you know maybe maybe I'd prefer to be boomer bust. Um, if you're on every week, but it's just that medium amount, you know, are you getting into a space where you're kind of forgettable in sketches? Um, and I pulled back on that, um, you know, to give, to give the take that I did, because, um, I'm not sure how much, you know, that, that could really play out. I I think people fall in love with folks because of big moments. Um, this can happen in either scenario. It, you know, being in every week might mean, that you have better relationships with the writing staff or, you know, folks are more confident in you. Um, but, uh, but if, you know, if they're letting you dominate an entire episode, obviously they, they think you're, you know, bringing something to the table. Um, and that includes, you know, producers, you know, Steve Higgins and, and Lauren, obviously. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I have a good answer for that. I think it's, I think it's more about singular moments than, um, a steady Eddie or a, or a boom and bust. Yeah. It's something that I keep coming back to and doing kind of like just the median stat, you know, people who don't boom or bust or at least people who don't have a low floor because, you know, think about the veterans that recently left, you know, you're, you're you're never going to see an episode with Kate McKinnon. That's, that's four seconds. You know, if she's Mm -hmm. in the building, um, she's going to get high numbers. So um, that's what we've been tracking so far through three episodes. And especially with 
um, Sarah and JJ getting the call up to the rep cast. And we had, you know, four rookies last year, one this year. So seeing right now, you know, seeing Sarah Sherman second in the cast at 823, and then JJ um, only behind Mikey, Sarah, uh, Jost, and Keenan. So they're in their third year and they're making an impression, obviously. And, you know, JJ didn't do uh, a Trump or a Biden. And, I don't know if we'll be doing Biden ever again after after um, right. Mikey's triad this week. So that's the screen time uh, for this week. And yeah, I guess one last thing, uh, John Higgins. You know, it's this is a rare case where the PDD boys weren't really on even playing field. Um, I know it was a quick right. sketch; it didn't it didn't feature the cast or the host, but it was a case. I've been tracking them. You know, the three of them side by side, and they're always pretty even. In this in this case. Um, he kind of led that one. So, well, Hurley, his dad doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> well, I don't think he ever worked there when uh, when Martin was hired. No, no, not when not when Martin yeah. was there. No, no, no. Uh, I I do think uh, I did see that uh, PDD will be on the Tonight Show promoting their movie coming out this later this month. Awesome. So I wonder if there'll be any reference to um, Steve Higgins being on the stage uh, next to Fallon. Yeah, yeah. Never totally. really seen them in the same room, you know, literally on NBC. So <laughs> it's true, it's true. And and I am I am looking forward to that movie. I mean, listen, it looks like a st- totally stupid movie, but it, it'll be a fun, you know, it'll be it'll be a goofy hour and a half laugh. Uh, you know, it'll be the kind of movie I'll probably never watch a second time, but um, you know, PDD and Conan O'Brien, huge Conan fan. Um, definitely same. looking forward to that for sure. Conan O'Brien have to cite him as like one of my biggest influences because I, I I had a rabbit ear TV in my bedroom as a kid that got like four channels and you know that classic like you know don't want your parents to know that you're watching TV mm-hmm. that late so um, I would like block the bottom of the door so you couldn't see the light coming <laughs> from my bedroom and I'd have Conan O'Brien at twelve thirty for late night um, and yeah so uh, Con- this is in uh, a peacock. NBC Productions. So interesting to see Conan O'Brien. He mm-hmm. did cameo in Mulaney's Five Timer monologue. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, him doing an NBC product is is definitely of note. Mm-hmm. And speaking of NBC history, I figured we'd do a new segment this week on this day in SNL history. So I gave Haynes we've uh, the history here. We've had three episodes on this day in SNL history. I want to see if you remembered anything about these. Uh, first up was in uh 2000 well we have uh hold on here oh here we here we go 2003 november 1st kelly ripa and outcast and that episode i brought it up because of the mikey playing biden this week daryl hammond took over george w bush he played him once that week and then once another time he had taken over for chris parnell who had just played uh george w bush following Will Ferrell's departure from the cast. Do you remember Daryl Hammond ever playing W? Man, so I mean, so honestly, not really. Um, I mean, I think you know when when you're struggling to find a replacement, and it you know those shoes could not be filled. No one else could do a George W. Bush like Will Ferrell. That's it; just couldn't be done. Um, so they were they were trying a lot of different things. It only makes sense to try Daryl Hammond. I mean, I think he's. Yeah, I mean him and Dana Carvey, you know, might be the two best impressionists in, in the history of SNL. Um, he's just an absolute master. Um, 
<laughs> but no, I, no, I, I didn't really, I didn't really remember that off the top. That Mike, uh, Mike just sent these to me, so I didn't get, I didn't get a chance to like rewatch <laughs> any of these sketches before the, um, before the episode. So no, I don't really remember that. Um, I do, I can tell you this: in 2003, I like could not believe I was a senior in high school. I could not believe how hot Kelly Ripple was. I remember like the first time I saw her at, yeah, at that age, and I was just like, it was so funny because. Um, we were, we were, for some reason, we ended up watching like a little bit of it in a psychology class. I was taking a psychology class senior year of high school. And, um, and maybe this was a setup. I don't, I think that, I don't think that they were related. I think they were like different parts of the lesson. But at some point, um, in the, in earlier in the period, my teacher had talked about this phenomenon where like young boys will find a girl so hot that they just start laughing. And like, can't even like say anything. They're just like laughing. At like was how that, was that Kelly Ripa for you? And that when I, at, trust me at that, at, yeah, at that age, I'd never seen her before. I'd never watched like morning television or whatever she was on. Yeah. I think she was on some sort of morning television. Well, now and, we know um, on this day in history, Andrew Haynes <laughs> fell in love. That's even more interesting than the SNL history. Yeah. So, so in the psychology, so later on that period, she like put on the TV, she like popped in a VHS tape or something to like show us this clip that we we're going to talk about. And she put it on. And I'd never seen her before. I didn't know who she was. And I was just like, I just started like laughing. I couldn't contain my laughter. And, um, and then I realized, I was like, oh my God, I'm like experiencing the phenomena that she just explained. And I felt and I, I think I have to fact check myself, but Chris Kattan came back and played Gelman. He would, they would do the Regis and uh, Kathy Lee. And then of course, Kelly Ripa came in and they did uh, Regis and Kelly and uh, Chris Kattan would play Gelman. Um, all right, two, two more quick ones. 2008, November 1st, Ben Affleck and David Cook. And this is a big one because John McCain cameoed. He was, you know, running for president. That week was the election. Um, uh, McCain, Palin. So Tina Fey came out and played Palin. Uh, and this was the first appearance of Stefan. So if you remember back before he was on update with Seth Myers, there was a sketch with Ben Affleck where Stefan um, made his appearance. So happy birthday, Stefan. Yeah, it's true. I, uh, if you, uh, yeah, if you asked me about this episode, I would not have remembered the sketch with Stefan. I definitely remembered the, um, the McCain, uh, Palin, um, appearance. Uh, that was awesome. Um, but yeah, happy birthday to Stefan. And lastly was 2014. Chris Rock came back to SNL after 18 years, uh, and hosted with musical guest Prince and, one thing I remembered about that one that I, I pulled up was uh, Jay Farrow played Cat Williams. And I, I loved that impression of Cat Williams. That was the third and final time we ever saw that one. And I really loved that, uh, the Cat Williams. Jay Farrow, you know, was a great impressionist. Um, and and that, was, that was a great impression that he did. And, and Cat Williams was really hot um, at that time, I think, like, 2010 to 2013 2014 like cat williams was was had a lot of specials coming out um so yeah that was awesome uh what do all three of these episodes have in common so 2003 2008 and 2014 what do you think haynes well they all occurred on november 1st right true true <laughs> um <laughs> my fun fact is keenan thompson was in the cast for all for all oh, three of course years. of course yeah so crazy Going back to Keenan's rookie year, so uh, twenty years since the Kelly Ripa episode today, but uh, yeah, Keenan was in it. <laughs> Honestly, you should you could do a whole 
like spinoff podcast just of Keenan stats. Like ev- just every week, just like talk about the years and year, the decades of Keenan stats that he's accrued. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm pretty upfront with the listeners about my my journey through SNL stats, and I recently finished season 44, so. I got over 100 episodes under my belt, but it's going to take me a while to get through every Keenan episode, but I really can't wait to get the Keenan totals because they're going to be unbeatable records. Insane, yeah. So, uh, and then, yeah, um, also coming up, I just looked at, you know, November 3rd, 07 was that last episode before the writer's strike, so we had an Obama cameo um, just a couple days before he was elected president, mm-hmm. and that ended up being Maya Rudolph's final episode because the writer's strike didn't come back SNL didn't come back following the strike till February, and um, she ended up not returning. So that was the last wow. time we saw Maya Rudolph in the cast. This was, you said November, you said November 7th? November 3rd. November 3rd, November 3rd, November 3rd. Gotcha. But that was that, I mean, that was the Halloween party sketch, right? That he right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Brian Williams, uh, host, feist, musical guest, and yeah, Obama came out in the mask and took his mask off, and it, you know, it was, Right. Uh, Obama just days before he was president-elect Obama. Yeah, so then crazy. Illinois Senator Obama, and, and that was a that was a great sketch too. Daryl Hammond, uh, yeah, as really Bill Clinton, yeah, so funny, yeah, so funny. So we'll get back to present day. So I want to talk about um, some season forty-nine trends. So starting the season, you know, we get small sample size. It gets bigger. It gets bigger, and we I like to try to follow. Like I I just kind of have a feeling that. When SNL starts for a year, they might put emphasis on certain things. John had the pleasure of interviewing Punky Johnson, and she mentioned that Lauren told the writers in the cast, "I want you to work with everybody. You know, if you're comfortable with with a certain pairing, you know, get away from that. Try to write for more cast members, and if you're a cast member, try to work with more writers." Which I really like to hear. So, I, a couple trends I've been noticing. And first of all, is that every cast member almost is getting less screen time. So I wanted to ask Andrew, before I give my own opinion, have you noticed it? And two, why do you think that is? So I just put on the screen here, if you're watching along with us, everyone's average screen time from season 48, and now their average screen time so far through 49, which is three episodes. And and I won't read all the stats, uh, because it'll take me too long, but... Only Mikey Day, Sarah Sherman, and only because she had a huge episode this week, mm-hmm. Marcelo, who had a huge episode last week, and Devin Walker, who didn't have a ton of screen time last year, so he does have a bump so far in 49. Everybody else, screen time percentage change is like deep in the red. Uh, Michael Chase and Colin Jost are pretty much status quo because they have fill a similar role. But other than that, everyone's screen time is pretty much down. So yeah, ha- have you noticed that, Haynes? I don't know that I noticed that every that everyone's screen time was down. Basically, um, it definitely. I'll, I'll tell you the things that feel like they make sense looking at this. Um, a fifteen percent bump for Devin. That seems that feels. Right. We've just seen a little bit more of him, enough for it to be noticeable. Um, Marcelo's feels, you know, right now it's just, it was just a crazy outlier of an episode. Not to say that um, we shouldn't, or I don't hope to see more of him in the future. I do hope we see more of him this season than um, last season. But, you know, obviously, you know, last week or, or the week before, rather, um, 
was just, you know, was insane for him. So that, that makes sense to see that big jump right there. Um, I do, you know, I, I, I think that it makes sense that we're seeing a little bit more Sarah Sherman. Um, and I think that that will continue. Um, I think there's a, you know, she got bumped up along with, um, James, um, Austin Johnston, uh, Johnson, um, of course, um, moving out of the featured players group. And so, um, that, you know, that's, that stuff all makes sense to me. Uh, I don't know the reason for it. I know that we've seen a lot of hosts, um, get a, I mean, so far the hosts have been getting a lot of screen time, but I'm wondering if there's something more to it as well. Like if these sketch, if they're just writing sketches with less characters in it, um, you know, if we're having sketches with three or four people in it, instead of, you know, sketches that sometimes have, you know, eight or nine or or 10 people in it. Um, we know that from time to time, they like to do kind of revolving door sketches where, uh, they have some excuse, some reason for just like a bunch of people to come through the sketch one after the other, like each doing impressions and stuff. We haven't really seen that um, so far this year. So maybe we've just coincidentally had sketches that have fewer folks in them. I would be, you know, I would be really surprised if this trend continues. Um, but the only thing I can think is that, you know, the hosts have been getting a ton of screen time. And I think just possibly by coincidence, um, you know, they, they, the sketches have just had less characters in them. Would just be a guess off the top of my head. And what, what's your preference? Um, like smaller cast sketches or larger cast sketches? Of course, it's case by case, but overall. Yeah, I mean, it, it's case by case. Um, but I like the ability to get to know cast members. And when you, if you're going to have a giant cast... You know, it's not like the old days where you've got seven folks, you know, you're going to see the same folks in every sketch. Um, When you've got a ton of folks, yeah, I think I'd rather see, you know, I'd rather see folks in, in, in sketches with less characters where we get a chance to see that person, you know, for a few minutes um, interacting with, you know, getting good screen time talking and, and, you know, really being a a star or a co-star of the, um, sketch uh yeah I, I think i think i think that gives us an opportunity to you know to get to know folks a little bit more i think i'd prefer that to um you know there's listen there's gonna be political sketches maybe i bet you these numbers change once the debates start once the debates start and they have to put you know they start doing debate sketches and we've got 10 folks on the stage then i bet these numbers start to change but I mean, yeah, to answer your question, I think I like seeing um, fewer cast members per sketch where we actually get to spend a little time with those folks, even if that means they're only in one sketch per episode, as opposed to, you know, three or four or five where they're just kind of walking in and out of the scene for a minute. Yeah, I agree with that. And just to uh, summarize some of these stats up here. So the biggest drops are Molly down 59%. Longfellow down 55%. So the two of them are definitely, they're averaging a minute six and a minute seven, respectively. So they're definitely down. Uh, that's Molly and Longfellow. Chloe Feynman down about 41%. Heidi down about 42%. Ego down 37%. So those are the biggest drop offs from last season to this um, so far. And so Here's one of my theories. Of course, I think a lot of the fans would point to, well, cameos like Pedro Pascal having a lead role in the 
overprotective mom sketch, like that's, you know, that's taking away from somebody else in the cast. But also just the weekend update has definitely been a little different so mm-hmm. far this year. And it's been shorter. There's we've had two episodes in a row now with only one desk piece. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my first theory. Because when you're on update, you're usually on there for like three minutes, three or four minutes. Mm-hmm. So I did um, real quick pull up the update stats from the past few seasons. And the average weekend update length, season 44, 13 minutes, 42 seconds. Season 45, 12 minutes, 17 seconds. Season 46, 13, 20. Season 47, 11, 34. Season 48, 13, 23. And so far in season 49, update has been an average of 10 minutes, 41 seconds. So going back to the last stack, comparing 48 to 49, weekend updates 22% shorter. So that means there's less less cast members getting that featured time. I also uh, threw in the update features we have had, which were Bowen as Christopher Columbus and Keenan as Deion Sanders. In the Pete episode, Ego as Jada Pinkett Smith in the Bad Bunny episode, and then Sarah Sherman as JJ Gordon, Colin Joe's agent, in this week's episode. Um, so I have a couple questions for you, Haynes. First of all, have you liked the desk pieces we've gotten from these four cast members? And two, what do you think about having one update feature? Is that something that, if, say, they did that for the rest of the year? Would you be like upset about that, that we're getting less of that? Or would you just be happy that maybe we're getting an extra pre-tape or an extra sketch? Um, I mean, for, it's always about the laughs for me. So if you don't have two great characters to put out there and you've got a sketch that you know is, is better, then, then let the sketch fill that time. Um, I mean, that was what I was going to say you know, about these numbers is you know, I, I think there's probably you know, some coincidence here. I, I would be surprised if there was an executive order. Hey, you know we're going to cut weekend update by twenty percent this year. It's, it's just been too long. We need to change that. I don't see that being the case. I'm just guessing that, you know, like you mentioned the cameos with all the cameos, uh, the hosts getting so much time um, in these sketches. Um, I think they're, you know, they're going to be in sketches. You know, we, it's very rare that we have a host, you know, come to the weekend update desk. So I think maybe they just had some good sketches that they, you know, they felt good about. Um, and so, you know, of course still small sample size through three episodes. So I'm guessing that's what's happened with the numbers to answer your question about these weekend update characters. Um, I, you know, I had a lot of fun with, uh, Sarah Sherman's, um, as, as Sarah Sherman as Colin Joe's agent. Um, the other three, to me, were um, kind of mediocre. I don't think um, I'll, you know, think about need to revisit, um, you know, Deion Sanders, Christopher Columbus, or, or Jada Pinkett Smith um, anytime soon. Um, to me, those were those were pretty mid, um, which is surprising that you know you only get one. Uh, character out there, um, and, and to me, none of them were stunners. Um, I, like I said, I, I did enjoy um, and Sherman's um, agent, um, but um, but I wasn't. But you know, I'm not head over heels for the other three. That's for sure. And uh, but but I am going to assume for now that it's some sort of coincidence. They uh, they just felt good about the sketches they've got out there, and and yeah, if that continues to be the case, that's 
fine. Um, I just hope that the decision that's um, creating this situation is that they, you know, they they just have a sketch that they feel better about. Um, I hope they haven't, you know, there's not some mandate that we're only going to have one one character most of the time, you know, for weekend updates. Yeah, it's just interesting to me uh, because, of course, we know when they have like pitch night and read through that a lot of these cast members are like heavily vying to get a new character or reprise an old one on update. It's such a great opportunity for the fans to get to know a specific mm-hmm. cast member and for them to shine for a few minutes and play off uh, Joe Sturche. So it definitely would maybe hurt the individual because they're not getting that time. But like J.J. Gordon, the Sarah Sherman character, was pitched for the Bad Bunny week, made it to dress and was cut. So clearly Sarah believed in it enough to try it again, and it, it did work. So it was the only feature this week. Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested to see what other ones m- maybe will come back that were pitched the first three weeks. Um, so it Interesting to me because I, I would also be very interested for our listeners and the fans uh, who would call Weekend Update like their favorite part of the night because you get a lot of like rapid fire jokes. And if you're a fan of this team of Joe and Shea, then maybe you're looking forward to it all night from the cold open on that comes on. That's your favorite part of the show. And if, if it is your favorite part, how much of that weighs on the desk features rather than just the jokes? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had one last uh, two years ago with the John Mulaney episode where it was uh, at the end of it, Colin Joe said, oops, all jokes, as in there were there, <laughs> there were no update features in that episode, which is very rare. But yeah, the past two weeks, we had uh, sub 10 minute weekend updates, which I look back and that's only happened a few times. I have two in a row. So once I saw that, I'm like, all right, I got to do a stat for this this week. I, I will say, you know, I love... I love getting a weekend update character because they're immediately. Um, I, I, I think you know, just having this lone spotlight, it, it's a, it just immediately the character is a little bit more memorable um, than a character that's in a sketch. Um, so you immediately have this this fun thing to kind of to grab onto. Um, a character has to really pop, um, and then the context of the sketch has to really support that. Um, to make it a more memorable sketch character. So as, as just a fan of, of character and, and impressions in general, I mean, I do love Weekend Update characters. Um, I, I certainly don't want them to have less of them, but um, but I do trust the comedic geniuses at SNL um, that if, you know, if, 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 if I'm going to get more laughs out of a sketch um, to fill that time than a character, then of course I'll take it. I'm here for the laughs. You know? And when you see an update character that you really enjoy, do do you want them to stay there? Because I mentioned earlier, you know, happy birthday to Stefan, who appeared in a sketch and then became maybe top three, maybe even top one, like memorable update piece was Stefan. I mean, when he when he uh, rolled in the chair next to Seth Meyers, like the crowd went crazy. So, would you be happy to see that kind of crossover from sketch to update, or should they just stay on update forever? Listen, I um no, I mean I I'd love I'd love to see that kind of crossover if we get you know, it's it's funny the way you know, you I mean you have a TV show and then there's some you know, minor character that just always has great lines and the audience falls in love with them and and then they end up doing a spin-off show. If there's if there's a character that we loved in a sketch, um Tuna Una, 
if Tuna Una started doing weekend update um, pieces and just like telling us stories with whatever they would want to do with that character, I would love something like that. Um, and uh, briefly, Haynes, tell the folks at home uh, who Tuna Una is. Tuna Tuna <laughs> Una was uh, was Punky Johnson's character um, in the telenovela sketch from the Bad Bunny episode uh, before um, the Nate Bargatze episode. It had Latina a Jefferson is her name. Yes, Latina Jefferson. Yep, had the, had the little um, cameo from uh, Mick Jagger, and uh, but of course, um, uh, Punky stole that um, sketch, and and like that's a perfect example of a character that I would love um, to see on update. I will address your um, uh, reticence, or you know, just you kind of tiptoed into, and, and I know I'm kind of the same way. I, I'm kind of a little bit hesitant to smack like an extremist label on something um but you know when you brought up stefan i mean i was gonna say he's the greatest weekend update feature of all time you know i mean he's he's that good and he's just so loved i mean just so good right and for uh bill Hader, who just was a sketch master who would do some political impressions for sure and just and did you know laser cats and like had a lot of a lot of a lot of moments in the show that we remember if you asked a casual or a diehard you know tell me a bill Hader character i mean they're gonna say stefan for sure right of course yeah yeah i mean the i I mean i feel bad i forget the name of the character um maybe the chat can help me out but his his news field reporter old guy Oh, <laughs> news yeah, with the microphone into the I face. Forget, I forget his name too, but that dude's <laughs> hilarious. Listen, Vincent Price, um, oh, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Oh, or Vinny um, Badechi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was great. I love that one with uh, with Bobby Moynihan, like trying to um, sit on his lap and stuff. Yeah, very funny. And with Vinny Badechi, fair part might have been Will Forte silently eating spaghetti. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, I'll be interested to see. We have Chalamet coming up on the 11th, and I'll I'll be watching with my with my uh, spreadsheets to see if we get two or maybe three or a, a double appearance. You know, a, a two hander on, on the desk. Herb Welch, thank you very much, Chat. I knew I knew you guys would come mm, through. Herb Welch, that's shame right. on me for forgetting the great Herb Welch's uh, name. But yes, yeah, so to see if they have um, if this trend continues because. I am always tracking segment time and the balance of it. I feel like it's such a, a ballet that they do to have a 90-minute program. We have the the opening montage and all the ads, two musical guest spots to to fit in the show and, and balance it out like that. So um, update is always going to be a fixture in the show. And so I'm just interested to see what will happen with this because... I've mentioned a couple times this season with the rookies last year, like we got to know Michael Longfellow right away, season, um, episode mm-hmm. one of season 48, and then Marcelo and then Devin. And then the season ended with Molly's big piece um, coming in at the end. So we finally got to know them. So I was excited about that. And I'm just, just curious, like, will, will Chloe Trost get that? Um, or, or maybe one of the rookies from last year? So there's so many opportunities at that update desk. So it's it's definitely a part of the show that I, I follow very closely. Yeah, I would be really interested to see um, a Chloe Trost character because I, you know, I, I mean, I'm slightly familiar with her work, but um, but I'd love for her to to come do a big a big feature where we really get to know her. 
Are you familiar with her character Pepper Slit? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Pepper, I mean, Pepper Slit is the is like the old like like she's the old stage actor or something like that, yeah. right? Wasn't that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, uh, Aristotle Atari got um, the Laughintosh three thousand. So good, I love the which was unreal. So we we had him debut that character in the Jonathan Majors Taylor Swift episode. And that ended up being, you know, one of two characters that he brought to the show that made it on. And so, you know, unfortunately, Aristotle did not get a lot of screen time, of course, you know, famously or infamously. But, you know, we can look back at season 47 and say those two characters, um, of course, the one being, um, you know, safe for me. (laughs) (laughs) Angelo. So Angelo, yeah. All right, so we're going to look at the status of the cast after three episodes. I know we've been we're doing a lot of cast talk tonight, uh, but this is the power rankings now. After three episodes, we saw Sarah really you know, falling behind and coming back in a big way. So these are the updated power rankings for season 49. So if you're new to the show, it's this all-encompassing stat. Like I said... Andrew Haynes, my man, championing this from the very beginning. It's only grown from here. Um, taking into account screen time, appearances, everything that we talk about in the show into one number. So look at the top, Haynes. Mikey Day, averaging a 138. That's that's Kate McKinnon, Adam Sandler numbers right there. So That's what I was going to say. McKinnon numbers, crazy. <laughs> yeah. McKinnon numbers is, is a, a trademarked you know, phrase on the show. <laughs> Yeah. So Mikey Day, top of the of the pack at 138, like a 50 point drop off to number two, Keenan Thompson at 83.4, Colin Jost number three at 79, Bowen Yang 74, Michael Che at about a 60, Ego at 59, number seven, JJ at 58.3, number eight, Marcelo Hernandez, second year player, 56. Sarah Sherman, who uh, her scores from Pete Davidson were 33. Bad Bunny was a 15. And then a 114 score for Sarah uh, this week. Uh, so she's now averaging a 54.2. Heidi Gardner at 10 with a 50.3. Devin Walker, number 11, with a 48.6. Chloe Feynman, 46.1. This Mukes, 40.5. Um, by the way, can we talk about Lake Beach? That was incredible. <laughs> The, the, well, you're 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 a Boston guy. They, they they're not you're not Lake Beach folks up there. No, right? we don't we don't do lakes <laughs> up there. Um, listen, I, I've been to plenty of lake beaches. Um, I am. I mean, I'm only about an hour and a half from the actual beach, but trust me, there's there's plenty of lakes. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of folks you know are out this way um, or a little bit west of here. You know, who who have lake houses and stuff. I've been to. I've partied on plenty of lake beaches. That sketch was pretty accurate um although i mean i wouldn't say there's usually three feet of leaves underneath the water or anything like that but uh, <laughs> but listen not all lakes are created equally you know like some some lakes are nasty they're just big dirty ponds that you actually don't want to be in um some lakes are you know are are pristine and it's and it's amazing being out there on the crisp waters um but trust me i related a lot to that lake beach um sketch i have um definitely had plenty of lake beach um, weekends um, under my belt. A lot of cheap beer. It's just like that's the. They, I mean, they did a pretty good job nailing the vibe of uh, of the Lake Beach for sure. Yeah. Do you do you have bats down there in the Carolinas? <laughs> we have bats. I, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've had a, I don't know if I've had a bat encounter at the Lake Beach. Uh, but that was a pretty that was a pretty funny line. 
Yeah, I, I again, I know we've been doing heavy stats tonight, but this episode just front to back was Crushed. so good. Just, so just cry. Especially, it was very top heavy. Update came later in the night. So we, very late. Yeah, yeah, we had then we had uh, you know Foo Fighters again and a PDD ten to one wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, oh, in the airplane sketch, which I also adored. I love that sketch. So um, back to the ranking. Andrews Mukes is thirteenth at forty point five. Punky Johnson at a forty. Chloe Trost, 29.2. Longfellow in 16th place at a 19.1. And Molly Carney at 17 points. Um, they've had a 14.9 in the Pete episode, 30.9 in Bad Bunny, and a 5.3. So Molly only appeared in that Lake Beach. Uh, they were at the sandwich table that was all white bread and no ham and cheese. <laughs> so that's what we have so far. I mean, I, I come into the season just, you know, rubbing my palms together, ready to see the power rankings grow and they, people rise and fall every week in the middle. It's usually it was Kate and Keenan and Cecily. So we're seeing Mikey Day. I've been talking about him a ton, having a career renaissance at SNL at you know later in his tenure and him getting the love that he deserves. But if he's going to be Biden, I mean, yeah. that's going to be huge. Yeah, I was gonna say, if, you know, if right now I would put my money on Mikey Day having a, a hell of a season, he's gonna he's gonna play Biden. James Dawson, James Austin Johnson will play Trump, and they will get a lot of screen time together for sure. No doubt about it. Are you a fan of the move? I mean, did you? Pref- I, we've only had one Mikey Day so far, so we have to judge him on that one appearance. But any better or worse than JJ? The same. What do you think? Um. A little bit different, you know, hard to say necessarily better or worse. It's, it's, I mean, I actually might like it a little bit better. You know, sometimes it just takes a little time to get used to an impression. And with every impression, um, you know, you're choosing to emphasize um, certain characteristics, um, the ones that, you know, really jump out at you. Basically, an impression is, is a fully acted caricature. You know, the same way that the guy at Six Flags, you know, when you sit down to get your picture drawn, if, you know, if the first, you know, if they take those noticeable things, you know, your big chin or your, or your, or your big ears or whatever, and really lay into it. So, um, obviously with Biden, I think the first thing you, you go for with him is, um, um, just kind of his rickety speech, um, and the way he squints and stuff. And he loves to, you know, like call people Jack. And that kind of stuff. So we'll uh, we'll we'll see. I, I did I did like the impression. Listen, it didn't floor me. It wasn't I, I? You know, it's not like a great all time impression. You know, right off the bat or anything like that. I, I you know, but I think you 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 get used to impressions. And I think um, I mean I hope they stick with it. I, I'm in favor of the change. I mean I don't uh, you know I think JAJ is going to be playing Trump, and they'll you know need someone else to play Biden for all those interactions. Um, so happy to. You know, happy to see a talented guy like Mikey get that opportunity. Not like he hasn't been getting plenty of opportunity, but um, but I think he'll be good in that role. And I like it. I'm ready to support it. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, if we had to ask everybody, we would definitely agree that JJ's Trump is is so superior to all Trumps right. that we would never sacrifice that in favor of his Biden. Nothing against his right. Biden. So it's like you have a talented cast, you know, find someone else to play Biden for that reason. We can't have JJ leading cold opens as two people. It just we we have enough talented guys in the cast and it's 
it's it's time. It makes sense. We had we we had Moffat for for a minute, and then that that went away. Mm-hmm. So you know, bringing up earlier how Daryl Hammond just played W twice. I I do already like Mikey's Spiden better than Moffat's. Yeah, I mean, in his Mikey Day, definitely not known for his impressions, but it, I thought mm-hmm. it was as far as the accuracy was pretty good, and you know, body type worked, and mm-hmm. you know, he had he had the the hair and makeup was great. I loved him climbing the ladder, so things like that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to see see more of it, and I'm sure I'm sure we will. So I don't know if Mikey Day that means if Biden's reelected, he's signing up for five more years of SNL, but we'll see. We we've recast Biden enough that we can we can do it again if Mikey decides to leave. Mm. So that'll do it. We're gonna look forward to the Timmy Chalamet Boy Genius episode in a couple weeks. And I'll definitely, um, and to answer Scott in the chat, we'll definitely pull up Chalamet's stats from his last hosting appearance, which is in season 46. Um, Repper him for Tiny Horse and, of course, <laughs> the rap sketch with Pete. Um, Pete had a huge night with Chalamet, so I would not be surprised to see Pete pop up in this episode if he's in town and do some sketches with him. So, Andrew, any predictions for the Chalamet app. Gosh. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, off the top of my head, I mean, I think you made a pretty good one. You know, it's, off, it's definitely possible that we can see Pete pop back in, especially as much as they've been loving cameos and particularly um, guest. Um, I mean, former cast member uh, cameos, as far as, you know, major predictions, like, I, I don't know, you know, if there's anything that I think of that, you know, is going on with Timothy Chalamet that would immediately be addressed. I'm not keeping up with his life or anything um, that they would, uh, you know, they could, they could turn into a narrative um, and play around with. Um, So um, I guess we'll see. I think, um, I think there is a, I think the first Republican debate is coming up soon. So we might get a Republican debate sketch. That's all I would say. All right. Yeah. I look forward to that. Uh, to seeing what Chalamet brings. He was a 15-29 screen time last time. That's a low screen time for a host. Mm -hmm. And I think like Quinta Brunson, like she had a really low screen time for a host and made a huge impression. I feel like Chalamet was the same way that people were really high on his performance uh, where like you look at, you know, Nate Bargatze and Pete and Bad Bunny all had big screen time. So maybe that trend will continue and I would definitely hammer the over for Chalamet in a return hosting um, opportunity. Oh, yeah. Uh, Andrew Haynes, tell the people if they can reach out to you. I know you're kind of off the grid, but if they want, <laughs> if they, if they want to get in touch with you. I'm not, like, I'm not like Walter White, like living in the cabin, like on the run in New Hampshire, off the grid. I, but literally, like I, I, like, I think I got on Instagram just to like, because somebody told me they sent me a message like last week was the first time I've, I've been on social media since February, maybe or something like that, February, March. So uh, it was funny when you started bringing up my X handle, I guess we have to say now um, uh, at SNL has a cast. I was, yeah, I was like, Oh God, don't bring that up. Like I haven't oh, looked at it in so long. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. It's just like, I would feel, I would feel bad if like, if people were like trying to interact with me and I'm not there, I haven't been on social media in so long. I just, I don't know. Can't keep it's up good, it's good for you. Listen, I didn't, I was not on, so I quit social media in December of 2012 and, and had not been on social media until, you know, we started doing this podcast, um, a few years yeah, ago. Haynes was on Facebook when it was called the Facebook. 
Uh, yeah. So John, John like highly encouraged me to get back on social media. Um, and I don't think he, uh, he knew like how little, um, I, I get involved with that stuff. So, um, so yeah, you, you probably, the, probably the best place to find me is, is on the SNN. All right. Well, we definitely will. We'll definitely have you back and I'm sure for some more round tables as well. Mm-hmm. So we will see you in two weeks on by the numbers and shout out to everybody in Maine, my new England state what they're going through. So send love to Maine and uh, can't wait to talk some Chalamet in a couple weeks for Andrew Haynes. And I am Mike Murray of the SNN. We'll see you soon. Thank you.